What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and angst, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I am your host, Dominique Smith. As always, I am truly thankful for every single person who has listened, who has supported the podcast. I am eternally grateful for each and every one of you, and we are going to have some fun episodes coming up starting today that you do not want to miss. And so before we go further, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button on Apple, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to it. Hit that like button. If it feels good to you, leave a review. I'd appreciate it. It will help the algorithm and it'll help people find um, this podcast. Click the notification bell so you can be alerted when new episodes drop. Do the same on YouTube. Lactic Acid with Dominique Smith. You will not regret it. We have two YouTube exclusive series on there. One is a new one called A Bucket of Track Talking Fried Chicken, where we eat chicken, whether it's chicken wings, uh, chicken nuggets, chicken sandwiches, vegan chicken wings, and we deliver some hot takes. It is fun. It is awesome. And then Track Talk. That is the second exclusive series. So be sure to hit the YouTube um, page subscribe hit the notification bell so you're the first to get notification share it with your friends share it with your family let's continue to grow this community also also guess what we have merchandise you just go on fan hub go to the author page and everything will be in the show notes and then you can find Atlantic acid exclusive uh merchandise there including our latest piece a tumbler <laughs> you can see my face i gotta give a big shout out to my friend larissa hamilton for drawing it up back in college but it is me with a straw hat eating a piece of chicken and it says a bucket of track talking fried chicken it is a tumbler that you need to get in your collection for these hot summer months so shout out to her please please go check that out support the brand i'd appreciate it today's guest none other than olympian she competes competed in multiple world championships and she's still balling out she is none other than mrs ariana miss ariana Entz. she was so fun to talk to she is the best we talked about the javelin we talked about potato chips we talked about the good place which is a show that everybody needs to watch we talked about her job as an ergonomist and you will see what that means and why she's so passionate about it um it was a fantastic conversation she's awesome she's continuing to do great things in the sport and outside of the sport and you do not want to miss this episode so i am hopeful and i am excited for you guys to listen to it i hope you enjoy it and we'll catch you next time What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and ain'ts, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I am your host, Dominique Smith. Today, we have a baller, a shot caller, somebody that throws the javelin much farther than people can run, and that is not an exaggeration. It's been on multiple uh, world championships teams, including this last one in Eugene and the Olympic team, and she's doing big things on the field and outside of the track. Miss Ariana Entz is today's guest. What's going on? How you doing? 
not a lot, Dom. Just running around trying to get everything ready before I do this last minute trip to uh to Italy. So I'm glad Man. that I could squeeze you in. This was I important. I'm thankful too because that is the biggest YOLO thing, and I am here for it. That is something that is epic. Like last minute trip to get some throws in to get good food in Italy. If anything yeah. else, yes. Yeah, I booked it's, the I booked the ticket on Friday. So I think that's gotta be so I booked it within 48 hours. I think that's gotta be my shortest um booked flight to Europe record. 48 you, hours. You see, we just send records here on the show. That's that's what we do. It's Already, the, yeah. It's absolutely. The, it's we we catch W's, no L's, no L's. All right. <laughs> I've been asking this been asking guests this question because it's summer and as a native Floridian born and raised here still live here in the beautiful city of Orlando it is hot uh get used to it but I don't like it so let's just say brother Ben and brother Jerry came to you said Ariana you're a pretty big deal and we need to create an ice cream promotion that expresses how big of a deal you really are so we want you to give us two flavors and we want a name for both of the flavors so one name for the two flavors for this big promotion that we're going to run what would be the two flavors of ice cream and what would the name of the promotion be Ooh. okay um all right, I'm go full disclosure on this one. It's not going to be a popular statement. Um, I oh. don't love ice cream. I, I <laughs> like. So okay, so let's switch it up. I, what, what what dessert? I can do still you create like? an ice cream. I just want you to know, um, that's never my go-to. Like people yes. will offer me ice cream and think that I'm crazy and that I'm on some sort of weird diet. I'm not. I just. I don't love ice cream. And if you want to end this interview right now, because that's just a, Listen, such an obscene we, we, thing to say. We, now, let me just say this. I have never heard that before. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> uh, especially you grew up in Texas. and we're, I we're know. Where it's like, like, I'm supposed to love Bluebell. Like, I'm just... So... I, yeah. So we can, we can switch it up. It's okay. We don't discriminate. Um, <laughs> what, what dessert are you a fan of? I... Can I make like a chip flavor, like potato chips? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I yeah, love, let's do it. I love potato chips. Okay. Um, like if you put down a bag of potato chips and a chocolate cake in front of me, I'm going to pick Ooh. up the bag of potato chips 10 out of 10 times. Just, okay. I want salt. I want fat. I I don't really love the sugar. I don't know what it is. There's that's, probably something in my brain that's broken. I, no, I no. There's there's a, a section of people who love sweets like myself, mm -hmm. and then there's a section of people who are more of the, on the savory side. So yeah. if it makes you feel any better, Guy Fieri hates sweets. So and look, look, so look great. What now he's I'm doing. Guy Fieri. I just... <laughs> but listen, he just signed like a ninety million dollar deal with Food Network. I mean, Man, listen, you're right. You're the ergonomist of Flavor Town, so I think you're okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I have a let's slightly just... better haircut than Guy Fieri, but a way only better just haircut. so <laughs> a way better haircut, way better haircut. Guy, if you're listening to this, sponsor this show, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Right, but yeah, right. let, let, let's do chips. Let's say, um, are you a fan of Lay's? I'm a fan of Lay's. So we like all those, you know, how Lay's always had the um, like the competitions to design the chip flavors. Um, 
I always thought those were great. And I just, every time someone came out with a flavor, I was like, why don't we just do that one? That's all of those are great ideas. Um, so they've come up with so many. I'm a good, I'm a good old salt and vinegar fan. Classic. Okay, uh, so salt and vinegar. Sea salt and cracked pepper. Okay. Maybe if you put salt and vinegar, but then also added cracked pepper. I don't know if that's too much and too basic, but I, I love that idea. What would it be called? What would it be called? Um, maybe as an homage to Guy Fieri, we would just call him Flavor Town. I don't even know. I'm not I being would call creative. it. I would <laughs> call it. This is stupid, but I would call it Under the Sea. Ooh, because ooh, yeah, I like that. You got there's salt literally under the sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, got sea salt, and then underneath you got the vinegar and the cracked pepper. I don't know. I like That's, it. Okay. No, I think I think you've done it. I think you've uh, you've crushed your own your own thing where I threw you a curveball and you're like, no, no, I'm still creative enough. I'm going to come up with under the sea. I, I applaud you for that. That was that was quick. Well, I I appreciate that. Um, I will take that because <laughs> I, I was <laughs> I was sitting there trying to think. I used to try those flavors too. Mine, actually, I take that. I tried one flavor. And I thought I was going to die when they had those combinations. I tried the chicken because I'm a fried chicken fanatic. I got a section on this show called A Bucket of Track Talking Fried Chicken where we eat wings. You're more than welcome to come on if you're about that wing life. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll make it happen in the off season. Yeah. Um, but I tried the chicken and waffles and it tasted like waffle batter that had been on hard times. Ooh. See, and that's where I think sometimes with some of these flavors, they do too much. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I went with, like, we're going to add topping. Like, the chip is the carrier for the topping, right? Like, I'm not sure. trying to turn the potato chip into a waffle. Right. That's that's where I think people get fouled up. Um, like, if you want to add, like, you could do, like, a sweet chip. Like, you could do, like, like a kettle-style chip, you know, like kettle corn, like popcorn, yeah. but, like, do it on a potato chip, and it'd probably be okay. Um, but don't try and make the potato chip a cake. Like, don't try and make the potato chip a fried, like fried chicken. Like, the yeah. chip is the carrier for the spice. And the chip is already fried, so you don't need to add another. I, I would hope they don't do the the sweet, the good sweet. For me, when it comes to potato chips, is if you did a like a honey barbecue chip, mm. whatever case it might be. Um, I don't like that personally. My go-to. See, I don't um, like barbecue chips either. Yeah. And I think it's because they are a little bit more sweet. And I'm clearly just not sweet in any capacity, flavor, or personality. Just, oh boy. <laughs> just straight salty. Salty <laughs> say hey, listen, ain't nothing wrong with a savory personality. That's what it there is. I, I'm I'm not mad at it. Um sweet no. I, see, I'm basic. I like a plain chip. I'm a Cape Cod brother. Uh, shout out oh, to Miss Vicky's. Miss mm-hmm. Vicky's, those are my go-to because the chips aren't that hard and there's the appropriate ratio of salt to chip. They're not yes. over salty. Lay's can be yep. over salty at times. Um, and then the chips don't crush your the inside of your gums. Or like cut you all up, right? Yeah. yeah. 
So I know all the dentists and cardiologists who are listening to this are just having a field day. Y'all can link in and subscribe to, um, especially if you're giving discounts. But uh, okay, <laughs> that is... Listen, I'm not mad at it. Now I have a new question to add to the repertoire. So, see, that's that's why we have throwers on the show, because we yeah. should run the world quite literally. So, speaking of throwing, you are a javelin thrower, but your journey is unique. Because you did six sports. Um, from what I understand, you were Randy Moss before Randy Moss was a thing in Texas playing football. Um uh, because you were faster and you could catch, you played corner. So I'm pretty sure that you can lower the boom on somebody. Uh, you were a pole vaulter, which I think is the most insane event in track and field. That is that, that scares the heck out of me, <laughs> the pole <Right>. vault. <laughs> and then you are a javelin thrower. But what impresses me the most is you, and even watching you compete, you are like the most, your javelin IQ is like, is pretty high. Because, I say that because just your journey. So at Rice, you were doing, I think the multis, and then they would throw you into the javelin and you were, and they weren't even like coaching you. They just like, okay, go throw this thing. Um, More or less, I did, I did one multi. Um, so I was a pole vaulter, like through pole and vaulter, through, yes. like that was my event. Uh, and then going into my senior year, all of a sudden they were like, why don't we have you do the multi? And I was like, it seems a little bit late for this. <laughs> um, I've never run hurdles in my entire life. I haven't high jumped since the eighth grade. I, you know, pole vault isn't even in the multi. Okay, sure. So I did one multi. So well, I would like to set the record straight that I am, in fact, not a multi-eventer. No, no, I, I, that's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> just, no, you're um, fine. Um, just because I'm, I don't have that uh, capacity for, um, just that many events in one day. That's why. That's why I love the javelin. I just could still smoke a cigarette if you really wanted to it's an anaerobic event <laughs> i mean you really could uh you know put the cigarette out because if once you lean back then you're in some trouble um yes. but the javelin what was it about the javelin that you were like you know what put the pole down put the pole vault down it's time to chuck this thing yeah. like why the javelin um, well, and I, I'm flattered that you think I have a high javelin IQ because I feel like I'm still very much new I'll, to it. I'll tell you why in a minute. I'll tell you okay. why. In a minute. Um, so the biggest thing for me is in pole vault, um, there are so many variables that are constantly changing. So as an athlete, you're kind of constantly working on this, getting faster, getting stronger, you know, all those sorts of things. Um, but as you do that as an athlete in pole vault, other variables start to change. Like your grip height starts to change. The size of the pole starts to change. Like where you're running from starts to change. Um, and I was starting to get on these bigger and bigger and bigger poles that I wasn't comfortable with because I couldn't get my hand all the way around them. Like for the speed that I was bringing in and the height that I was gripping it and the amount that I weighed, I was getting on poles that typically the men were using. And I just, it was starting to just, be a little bit too much of a mental thing. Whereas with Javelin, when you get bigger, faster, and stronger, the implement stays the same size. 
And that um, freedom to like get bigger and faster at whatever speed you want to was a nice uh, relief compared to pole vault where there's so many different things that you have to worry about. Also, it's ever so slightly easier to travel to the airport with javelins oh, yeah. and pole vault poles. Um, so that was just an added bonus. Um, and throwing stuff's really fun. So the thing easy about answer the, there. The thing about the javelin, and why I say you have a, a high javelin IQ, because to relay it so eloquently to pole vault, because now I understand what you're talking about, how it relates. But also you picked up on it, you know, rather quickly. You know, you would, at least from what I've seen, you know, people have been doing this, you know, since they were at, you know, knee high to a grasshopper. Mm -hmm. They have, you know, experience. And I can tell you in Florida, uh, we certainly didn't have the pole vault. The pole vault just came back a couple years ago. Oh. Um, yeah, I think somebody got hit. Um, and I know, unfortunately, that's not an uncommon theme, but I, th yeah, I started covering track and field back in 2019 uh, for Florida runners. And then I think they told me it came back a year earlier or something like that. Um, but it's, it's just so unique to see, like, hear your journey, hear your story from a pole vaulter to your senior year in the Javelin, but you've made three world championship teams you have a medal in the i think it's the i know pan you Americans. won gold pan american in the nacac um i think i pronounced that wrong n-a-c-a-c yeah, no, right. you it did just, it great okay you, we're w's usually i catch a few l's but you know the no w you're doing is... great i you pronounced my name right so as far as i'm concerned you've you've knocked it out of the park Oh, okay. Well, you know, you cannot disrespect somebody by getting their name wrong. That's just the <laughs> way it is. That's the rule. Um, but to see like how late in the game, if you will, you started to the success that you've had. And I mean, you're still going. <laughs> like I said, you're not, you know, it's not like you stopped. You're still going. You're still competing. And obviously, you're still going to continue to get better and better with the experiences. That's why I say it definitely, you know, feels like you have a really, really high track IQ or javelin IQ, especially, you know, when you're not training, you know, with a big group and everything. Yeah. And I think some of that too is it, it's both an advantage and a disadvantage to start a sport later um, because you've already matured as an athlete. Um, I've already kind of gotten stronger. I know where all my limbs are. I'm not still going through growth spurts, things like that. And also trying to um, throw the javelin. And I think pole vault prepared me more for some of that elasticity through the shoulders and some of that tension through your core that also relates back to throwing. So I got a lot of um, good reps in that maybe weren't javelin specific so I didn't tear up my arm but I like built up the tendons and ligaments around those joints in a way that was helpful um and I'm one of the few people that like my progress has been like pretty slow and steady like I'm not a person that comes in and like makes a four meter improvement in a year um because it's just I'm consistently getting better um but part of that is that I've haven't really had any major injuries which is kind of a rarity in the javelin, like I've never really missed a season for an injury, um, which is really fun. And uh, something that I don't think I've until as of late really valued 
Um, and that's why even at 33, I'm like, I could keep doing this as long as I want to, because it doesn't really hurt. Like I feel fine. I'm not nursing an old injury. Um, I've got all of that going for me. So, um, yeah, advantages and disadvantages to starting it later. Um, but I think it's part of the reason that I'm still doing it now. The thing about the javelin that I appreciate. So in high school, I threw the shot put and the discus. And I think I like the javelin. I can relate to it a little bit because I perceive the javelin like I perceive the discus. I remember in eighth grade, they were like, listen, you're big. We need you out here throwing. We don't have anybody. And so I was like, okay, so I'll go out here. And the reason I started was because they put your name on the team jackets and I really nice. wanted one. Nice. And um, <laughs> I think I broke it. Like, it, I don't even know where it is. Um, but I saw them throw the discus. I'm like, oh, look at this little frisbee looking thing and all this stuff, which don't you throw the discus told my athletes that if you throw the discus like a frisbee, then you're going to pick your arm up off the pit, off the, uh, off the ground. But I noticed this and it was a humbling thing. I thought, you know, I'm big, I'm strong. You know, I got this. I was getting beat by Kids that were like shorter than me, <laughs> uh, they weighed less than me, and I was like, I got power, but the disc is not, you know, power is 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 nice, it's necessary, mm-hmm. but it's not all that's cut out to be, and that's kind of the same thing. Shot put, yes, you know, you need, yes, you need all that in the shot put. You know, Joe Kovacs, you know, can bench the entire planet of Mars, Pretty and much. uh, you know. That is, and you see why the javelin, it really doesn't matter because if anything, and I had Carol Winger on the show uh, way back when, and we talked about it, is not how buff you are. It's just the movement and it's don't skip leg day. Um, Really, yeah. because everybody thinks it's just like what you do. It's, it's just all arms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so much, you're getting power in your legs and stuff, you know, and everything. Um, I would say, what was the most rewarding thing that you learned about the javelin when you started throwing it? Obviously, that was mine, but I'm curious from, you know, your vantage point. And what is a misconception that you will, you want debunked about the event? Um. Well, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with that one is that um, and the way that you described your experience in discus is still to this day kind of how I feel about javelin sometimes where I'm like, but I'm bigger and faster and like, why isn't this going as far? Um, so unfortunately, some of that never goes away. But I I mean, you hit the nail on the head like it's a it's a legs and core event, not um, necessarily an arm thing. And the thing that I get told all the time that drives me absolutely crazy is that I have this really fast arm and everyone's like, Oh, your arm's so fast. That's so great. How do I get a fast arm like that? And I'm always like, that is that's I'm not trying. Like you don't want a fast arm. You want time on the javelin. Mm -hmm. You need time under tension. And when it actually comes out of your hand, it's going to actually look like you're on the javelin a long time. Like you're throwing it slowly almost Um, like the video of my like PR of 63 meters is the slowest my arm has ever looked in a video. 
um, just because the amount of time that my arm or my hand was on the javelin was actually much longer than normal and much longer, maybe like a quarter of a second. But in a, in a video, it looks so much longer. So when you see a really fast arm, it usually means the person's firing faster or they're being arm dominant or things like that. Uh, and so, yeah, I all the time I have people be like, your arm's so fast, you're blah, 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 blah. That's great, but I, you're just reinforcing to me that I'm maybe not getting as much out of it as I could. So appreciate it. More harm. You see, people, y'all just need to stop talking. That's that's just <laughs> that's that's the reality. Javelin to me is, and I think you may understand this. And then we're gonna uh, switch topics. It's like a quarterback because your quarterback. Jack does not necessarily mean you're going to throw. You may throw the ball a little harder, but some of the skinniest dudes in the world can chuck the ball 75 yards. Um, but it's about, like, your stance, your, your the power that you get in the legs and all of that stuff. Uh, I low-key kind of see some correlation with the javelin, and that's what kind of helped me learn more about the event and – what made me like it granted i don't see it often because it's not on tv or if it is they cut to commercial but uh i don't know just for me that's just that's one thing that made me like the event more yeah and it's i mean i always make the maybe not fair joke of most of the throwing events um the athletes if you're trying to guess what event they do most of the athletes are shaped like their implement so like in the shot put, right? Like you're you're probably a little bit bigger around. Um, you're very dense. Like you're just a big mountain of a human. Okay. Uh, discus, like there's kind of like some length, and I I always correlate that to like your wingspan is usually just obscenely long. Um, that sort of stuff. Hammer, I swear every hammer thrower has these like internally rotated shoulders from like <laughs> um, holding on to the hammer. Um, and I don't know how that correlates to a hammer, but it, I have to say that because it makes my joke work better. Okay. And then, but the javelin, there's not one body type. Like when you ever, you do the announcements for the javelin, you have people that are tall, that are short, like rectangles, pairs, like all, all sorts of stuff. Um, but it's because it's all about how you use those legs. And like, basically it's, it's such a technique driven sport that if you may not be built quote unquote like the primetime quarterback, um, but if you can line it up, you're all set. Yeah. Tom Brady, for example. He's yeah. Like, yeah. He he's you know a really good example because he doesn't have the measurables, but I mean, he's Tom freaking Brady. Mm-hmm. I was really trying to see where you were going with the discus one because I was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, how you I could. have to be careful sometimes too. I'm like, well, you're not round, but like there's this like, sh- it's like shoulder and then just arms and they just seem to keep going. Okay. That makes sense. Cause I was like, how are we? And it wasn't like I was getting offended. I was just like, I don't yeah. know. Well, and like, like, do they have like oval shaped heads or something like oval that? Shaped or... heads. Yeah. Well, and it's like, they're not as, they're not as round. Like maybe there's a little bit more protrusion in the middle, but for the most part, like kind of narrow, like and narrow and long. Yeah. I get that. That's a perfect, 
I like the joke. I mean, listen. It's a little it, bit of a stretch. It's not a good joke. Most of my jokes aren't good, so I'll admit that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, if one person laughs, then I think it's a success. Usually it's just me, so that's one. But that's, Well, here's the thing. Fair. If you can't laugh at your own jokes, then, you know. That's true. The jokes are mostly for me, so it works out great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What are three things that people do not know about you? Three things that people do not know about me. Um, well, for some reason, people don't believe that I have siblings. I know that's a really weird thing to say uh, to someone who doesn't know me anyways, but um, people say some weird stuff. To you. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, what are I? So I'm the oldest of three. Um, my two younger siblings, like there are no athletes in my family at all. Um, I'm pretty smart. I'm pretty fit. Uh, but I am the dumbest and fattest person in my family. The dumbest and fattest person. Mm -hmm. I want to be clear that I'm not dumb or fat, but um, within that context, um, I may be an Olympic athlete, but my brother and sister are just so skinny, so smart. Just, I can't hold a candle to them. Um and so that's always something that people just either don't know or don't refuse to believe uh, when I tell them. So that's one. Uh, two is, um, I don't know, what do people not know about me? Unclear. Apparently that I don't like ice cream. That's, that was, I, that's I, mean, I don't think that's so. So you're more of a, so that's two, you're more of a, uh, savory than sweet or as guy fieri says all thriller no filler he didn't say it somebody in a rap song said it but i feel like it goes uh perfectly with that <laughs> makes perfect sense um what else would people not know about me um i don't know i feel like things people wouldn't know about me implies that i have some sort of like secret life like i'm secretly a double agent um but what you see is what you get. So, um, what do people not know about me? So we got two. Just need one more. It could be a hidden talent. It could be. Uh, uh, I play the piano. Or oh, there you go. That's one. I was looking right at it. I could have just said that, huh? Uh, okay. My grandmother, who is um, ninety-three. Um, you lives in Texas, uh, and I'm in California now. Um, we do piano lessons over FaceTime once a week because she's been my piano teacher. Like she is a professional piano teacher. Um, and she taught me as a kid and I, this year was like, I want to get back into it. And it's a great way to hang out with her. Um, so I once a week get on the phone with my 93 year old grandmother on FaceTime and we like have a piano lesson. That's so dope. I love yeah. that. Bless her heart. She knows how to uh, use a phone. We say bless she, your heart down she here. She had a BlackBerry. So. She had a BlackBerry before I had a phone. Like, and she shows me how to do stuff on the phone. Sometimes, this is coming from a woman who did not have like running water until like her teenage years, and now she <laughs> is like this technological wizard. Um, like just just the best. Um, she's so great. So that's that is... I always look forward to that every week even when i'm just absolutely butchering her favorite song <laughs> just, 
<laughs> doing my best but she's like oh i played this in college i'm like this is hard this is a hard song what songs are you playing um so the class like i can kind of get through the classics like claire de lune moonlight sonata that sort of stuff but there's this piece um it's called like rhapsody in c by this russian composer that it's her favorite song it's one that she played in college um I can like send you the link to it. It's okay. like we, we like started working on it together and like, I thought that I was getting it. And then I made the mistake of going on YouTube and be like, what's this supposed to sound like at full speed? I don't know how I'm ever going to get there. I, it's so hard. <laughs> so mm. we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I just. You... Wow. You guys should yeah. write a song together. I had, she, she, I would just write it and she would do all of the musical accompaniment. I just, That's fine. <laughs> uh, and just and just call it sweet and savory. There like, you go. There it, you go. Under the sea. Under the sea. The yeah. remix, the remix to uh, Stephen Wonder's it. Ebony and Ivory. I like that. There you <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh, man. Go. So what is life like when you're not, and we're going to get to the day job in a minute. But, you know, what what is life for you? Are you just somebody who kicks back, hits up the TV? Everybody seems to be enjoying this Netflix crap. Um, or are you like a top chef, low key? Or um, I I don't even know what I do with my day sometimes. So I work full, <laughs> like I work full time, and then I train. And then I currently live with four roommates because I'm in Southern California. So I get in my 30 minutes of socializing with them. Uh, and then I eat dinner and then I'm like learning Spanish too. So I'm like, I'll spend like some time on Duolingo, like trying to learn some Spanish. Uh, I guess that would have been a fun fact, huh? Yeah, it, it's, it's a convicting fact because I deleted the app a couple months ago. Oh, uh, well... I I'm on a family plan, so I'm. I'm oh, there you you see, yeah, there you that. go. Shout yeah. out to you. Um. So yeah, I I don't even know what I do all day. Like I don't really watch a ton of TV. Like I'm about to get on this plane, and I'm like, I'm probably just gonna sleep the whole time, and maybe watch a movie that I've already watched before because I don't have the <laughs> capacity to try and start a new show and catch up on something. Like I keep seeing all this stuff about Stranger Things. Never watched an episode. Breaking Bad, never watched an episode. We didn't have a movie theater in my town growing up. I'm not used to watching movies. I I read books. I don't know. I, That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. You will like this show. I don't know why I'm I'm just trying to promote this show. It went off a couple of years ago, but I really like it. It's called The Good Place. Oh, I love that show. There you go. I I've seen that one. That is the one TV show that I'm always like, I think that you should watch this. And people are like, but I have you seen Stranger Things? I'm like, no, and I don't care. Go watch The Good Place. It's just four seasons. And I hate that thing where you're like, just watch the whole first season and then you'll want to watch the rest of it. And they're like, a whole season? I'm like, I just, I can't say anything without giving it away, but you have to do it. You have to do it. Oh, my mom and I, we do spoilers. Listen, I'm on season four, and I've been slowly. Here's the thing. I went through seasons one through three in like a, a span of like a week or two. Because yeah. yeah. once you start watching, you you cannot stop. And, and all the little subtleties in there, oh my gosh, they're so funny. Who was it's your so favorite clever. character? Um, 
I I actually love the judge. Uh Maya Oh, Rudolph. Maya Rudolph. She's so funny. Um I think it's yeah, the judge is really funny. Um Derek is ridiculous. You remind me low key of Janet. Of Janet. <laughs> Cuz Jan- you know I'm not mad about that. I'm not mad about that at all. Shout out to Darcy Carlin. She's oh, so man. good in that role. And she's it's funny too because she's like a tall woman and like in heels and just so perfectly on the edge of like being a know-it-all, but also somehow not annoying. Like it's such a fine line to walk, and she does such a good job. And she's like really smart. Mm-hmm. Um but then she's like human. Like Everybody has a human side. Everybody has a sweet side. Um, And I'm impressed because the only character that that used to get on my nerves was Jason. Yes, Jason was so dumb. (laughs) But then again, he saves the day in season, I'm on season four, when Michael was about to get blasted into because they didn't believe him and so it was the bad Janet and then he put the clamps on the bad Janet and because (laughs) this would be uh, so confusing to anyone that hasn't watched The Good Place (laughs) yes which this is a free promo because he's like I love you girl and she didn't say anything because she just goes I'm not a girl yeah I'm not a girl (laughs) oh boy and I'm like emotional with some of these episodes. Like when they erase Chidi's memory yes. and Eleanor's crying, I'm sitting up in here like oh, I ain't crying. This is oh, just you're, my bad you're gonna cry. You're gonna cry at the last episode. Oh, it's like you. it's perfect, but you will cry. I already know what's coming because I just like I I this this is too. I don't like emotions. I'm like the Grinch. Like I don't like feeling things, and so I just needed to see what is coming. And I I, I saw the table read. And then I oh, saw okay. like the finale show with Seth Myers. And I was just like, dang, this is gonna be so bad. Yeah, I know, but it's so good. And it's such a perfect ending, and just it's a great show. Four seasons. Yes. If you haven't so, watched it, you've got to watch it. So you you <laughs> have to watch the good place. It's and then it was perfect, like it didn't need to extend any more than it no. did. Even though I'm sad that it was only, you know, four seasons. Uh, man, that makes me so happy that somebody... Yeah, I, you're right. I, you know what? You're right. I'm going to download The Good Place onto my computer and watch it on the plane. That Brilliant idea. That was that was an excellent idea. Honestly, you're the only person that has come on this show. Because I mentioned The Good Place th- th- at least three or four times. Now, okay, I don't know well, what that you is. haven't... You haven't mentioned it to Kara because I made Kara watch The Good Place also, and she also loved it. Okay. So, so you've at least got two of your javelin throwers that have have watched that's, The Good Place. So that's why javelin throwers—they run the world. You're in good company. So you grew up in a small town because I could talk about The Good Place all day. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> just a whole separate episode about The Good Place. I know that. That's when we do the wings and hot takes episode. Um, we, we will insert some good place stuff in there i promise when but uh you grew up in a small town gonzalez texas Mm -hmm. i had no i guess it's near san antonio yeah 
what was that like growing up in that kind of small town environment, especially here in California? Like, is this yeah. like foreign territory to you? Um, so San Diego is the furthest north I've ever lived, which is my fun fact that I do to make Californians' brains explode because they can't <laughs> think about geography beyond California. Um, it's definitely, as much as it was a chaos growing up in it, like it felt like there was nothing ever to do. Um, but we were always outside because, like I said, like there wasn't a movie theater. There wasn't like a mini golf course. There wasn't a bowling alley. There wasn't stuff that you typically or a mall. There wasn't there weren't those things that like you typically think of as like what kids go and do. Um, so we definitely did some of the stereotypical like Texas things. Like we always had like a little gun or whatever. Like we played cops and robbers with real BB guns. Like the fact that oh, I have both of my eyes is kind of incredible um so oh like there was definitely like that aspect of it um but also the the quintessential small town like everybody knows your name everybody knows who your fam knows your family all that sort of stuff and that was kind of fun and also annoying sometimes uh because if you ran a red light your parents knew before you got home you know because someone was like hey you know everybody I all know. of me your business they know everything. right um but one of the things that i think was so interesting about growing up in Gonzales when I did is that it's this little small Texas town like those all those little come and take it flags that you see around that's like that's what my town is known for like that's where the flags are from hmm. and like you think of it as this like redneck podunk little town um but there were these little ways in which they were very progressive so like like I played high school football um and all of my teammates wanted me to play like I wasn't just doing it to like make a statement about female sports um people wanted me to play and the coaches were supportive of that and like I started because I deserved to start not because I was a girl and like trying to do something like and I think that I didn't maybe value that as much as I should have um because I've heard stories since then about girls that were like oh yeah I wanted to play but they wouldn't let me and I was like, they wouldn't let you. Like, what do you mean? I I just walked in and said, hey, I want to do this. Like, how am we going to make it work? Because I'm also in band and also playing volleyball. So, like, can you work with my schedule? And they're like, yeah, sure. Um, so there were little parts about that that were really fun that, and, like, playing six sports would have never happened if I'd gone to a big high school, right? Like, they yeah. they don't, you don't get to do that. Um, so there were definitely advantages to it. Um and it's been it's been really fun. Like when I went to the Olympics, like they put up like a little billboard uh, for me, like right outside, like one of the little coffee shops. And uh, it was yeah, it was just really fun growing up in that. And I the further away I get from it, the more I appreciate it, what it was. You were in the band, too. What, yeah. I what instrument? Oh, the French. Horn. I mean, OK, so we need to call you. Ariana, Janet, Mozart, it's because that is. <laughs> I don't. I I want to be clear. I don't think I was very good. I just I got put in the French horn because my mom was in the band in college and she had a French horn and I had a decent ear, and no one else wanted to play it. Like everyone wants to be a trumpet player or a flute flute player or like a trombone player, and they're like, "Well, we need at least three people to play the French horn." I was like, "Okay." So listen, if if you stump, then. Everybody would have heard it. So that's true. I'm, be... 
yeah yeah so you know everybody's playing a certain key and then you're out here playing get down on it by cool in the game that key you know i should have done that that would have been more fun probably. that would have been dope i would have loved that we need to see video <laughs> i honestly Honest to God's truth, I could see you on the football field. And it's so true. Like, the only positions that girls can play football necessarily the kickers because of the contact. Now, I will say this. There are times where I was like, okay, you go, you got a guy that's going to Alabama, Ohio State. Yeah. They're, they're boys that don't want to, you know, get in front, you know, of somebody like that. But in right. general, I mean, I think it's really awesome that you got that opportunity. I could fully see you coming off the edge on a screen, on a zone read, just lighting somebody up. Like, if you have film, please post it. Like, I would I, love I to I don't see. know that I have any. Um, I definitely, I earhold a few people. Oh, um, like I was really good about like catching people like coming across the middle and like eyeing the ball and like seeing where they're coming and just timing that up really well. Um, I the only downside of that was I had this one teammate, his name was Hunter, and I would do that and he would run over from the defensive line and scream in the guy's face that I had just earholed and be like, you just got knocked out by a girl. And I'm like, Hunter, could you not like put a target on my back right now? Like that would be really great. <laughs> Um, but it was just because he was, like, really pumped and, like, loved the hit. Uh, but, yeah, like, and I knew, like, I stopped playing football after my sophomore year of high school because um, all of the boys that I played with, like, they hit puberty. And I was I was basically done growing um, for the most part. And I was like, no, like, my future's not in football and this was fun. Uh, but I, I recognize that I'm maybe no longer in a position to, like, be competitive um, I could have probably done okay, but it wasn't worth it at that point. And I was like, I'm not doing this to make a statement. It's not as fun anymore. I've kind of found this track and field thing. I'm going to stick with that. So um, you're right. I And I don't think anyone from my area ever went to an Alabama or uh, anything like that. So that was um, also not a problem that I had to deal with. Oh, man. I, I would just love to see that. Ah, like that. Yeah. I bet you killed a fantasy football. I'm terrible at fantasy football because I don't pay any attention to the NFL. Um, so I just like, I, I just get destroyed in my fantasy football league all the time. And I, I do. And I have a, and that reminds me, I need to actually launch that <laughs> like soon. <laughs> uh, Cause I just can't believe it's August, but yeah, I, I study and everything get whooped 10 out of 10 times. I think I've won once in the past 17 years um but that's neither here nor there those are l's that i would like to keep in the closet <laughs> you it's so funny like you are your day job is as an ergonomist mm -hmm. yep i got that right you got it right you did it great praise god w's all around tell me i've done the research but essentially, it looks like, from what I understand, you are out there pretty much serving the people, trying to protect the people, implementing standards and policies in place that, uh, and I'm actually proud of myself because these big words that I just muted out <laughs> were not things that I looked up. <laughs> these are okay. things that came to my head. Um, but you have these policies and procedures and everything in place to ensure their safety on the job site. Did I get that right? 
Um, for the most part. So I don't necessarily write policies or procedures or, and ergonomics is kind of a, it's not a hard and fast field. Like there's no big, like you have to do this for your employees type of situation. So mostly what I do, cause right now I work um, for a workers comp insurance company and I'm actually getting ready to transition jobs um, and work for a university and be basically an ergonomics consultant within that for outside clients. But what that means is, is essentially when a business is having a lot of injuries, um, typically um, like manufacturing lines, it could be any, any real industry like agriculture, um, delivery drivers, like any, any industry that you can think of, people, people get hurt at work. Uh, and a lot of times it's not necessarily the worker's fault. Um, it's typically the way that their environment is designed or policies and procedures that are in place. So my job is, um, or has been at least with this most recent company with insurance, is anytime a policyholder is having a number of sprains and strains and issues like that, I go in and help them kind of problem solve where they're coming from. And we like redesign that job task so that the workers are less likely to get injured and or the process is more efficient. So, so pretty much you're example. a problem solver. Yeah, or... Yeah, I'm a problem solver. I'll take that. Um, so like, for example, like I was at a bakery not that long ago and they have these like giant mixing bowls that they're having to like put in these giant mixers and they've got like the meringue batter that they're mixing up and then they're taking it to a different thing. But the mixers are on the ground. And so the mixing bowls, which can weigh up to 50, 60 pounds are on these little carts. Uh, but the the mixing bowls are really low. So they're like the top of the mixing bowls at like two feet. So you're having to like push something that's at two feet high. So like below your knees around that weighs almost 50 pounds back and forth through a facility all day long. So you're constantly bent over, constantly pushing. Um, so a lot of people end up with like back issues. So what we did is we went in and we built uh, stands for the mixers. So the mixers are up higher and then changed out the casters and the stands for the mixing bowls. So now the mixing bowl is up uh, more like mid thigh height. So there's still like a little bit of bent over posture, uh, but you're not basically like bent over and pushing stuff all day long. And some of the taller employees could do the task without as much of an issue as uh, before. Wow. Is that a, is that a good? No, it, it makes sense. <laughs> like you, you go in, you, you essentially do, what was it? What do we call in school? Like the scientific method almost mm -hmm. um, to try to find the problem and then work to build a solution right? so that it eliminates uh, issues. Why do you love what you do so much and what brought you to that field? Because you're like a keynote so, speaker places and all that stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, and to be to be entirely fair, I the main reason I think I got invited to be a keynote speaker was because I went to the Olympics. So it's kind of like crossover <laughs> back and forth. I'll be for completely upfront about that. So the thing that I love about it most is that I know that I'm making an active difference in what people's daily life looks like. And it's not just necessarily manufacturing environments. Like I really like I think that's really important, like the blue collar um, workers who are like making the economy run. Um, but also just seeing the difference in someone's, um, mood 
like in an office ergonomic setup where I come in and they're like, oh, my back and my neck and I can't do this. And my doctor says I need surgery. And you're like, no, like, let's just fix some things so that your environment fits you and you can be comfortable. And then you walk out of their office and they're like, oh my, like, I feel like I can sit up straight. Like I can breathe easier because my chest is open. Like watching that change and like helping people live happier and more productive lives is extremely fulfilling. Um, and so it just makes it easier to kind of wade through some of the bureaucratic stuff sometimes because you know that at the end of the day, your goal is to help people live pain-free. So I think of myself as preemptive to like a physical therapist or even a doctor. Like I want to try and prevent you even having to go to those people. Uh, and so I'm walking around all day. I'm talking to people. Um, I'm getting to use my brain and solve problems. And I kind of just happened into the field. So my undergrad is actually in civil engineering. So my terrible joke is that uh, I spent four years learning how to make stuff stable and not move. Uh, and now I spend all of my time walking around telling people to move. Um, so thank you for laughing. Um, it was a good joke. I mean. So I, so I kind of just fell into it. I, I got my engineering degree, realized I didn't necessarily want to design buildings or sewage systems and stuff like that. Um, kind of wandered through a couple of master's programs, ended up, uh, in college station training there for the javelin, met a professor, talked through what I like to do. He, recommended I get in this master's program for occupational health and safety. Within that, I found ergonomics and immediately loved it. Uh, and then kind of the rest is history from there. So it was not a direct path, not unlike my path to Javelin. Uh, but the way that I got there um, ultimately resulted in a much, a much happier result uh, than if I'd maybe gone directly to it. So artificial health and safety. I never heard of that one. Occupational health and safety. I probably misspoke. Well, no yeah. wonder I never heard of it because it doesn't exist. Because <laughs> it does. Because I lied to you. <laughs> I just made something up. Couple more questions, and then uh, we're gonna do rapid fire. Then we're gonna get you out of here so you can download the good places. Yeah. Um. You're you're low key. I called you. You're you're like. This is true. So you're a combination <laughs> of three characters. Okay. You are a healthy version of Cheaty without all the okay. stomach bugs when he gets nervous yeah. because of like the theolo the uh, whatever the the way he breaks things down to help people like the very in-depth you know way he studies and the movements and all that mm -hmm. stuff janet for obvious reasons <laughs> and then michael the good michael not the demon Michael, but the good Michael. I was ready. For, I was so ready for you to say Eleanor. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> Do you think you're like Eleanor? No, I don't think I am, but I was ready no. for you to be like, no, but Michael. Terrible jokes like Eleanor. Eleanor's funny. I laugh at her jokes. <laughs> I mean, but I'll take good Michael. Sorry to interrupt you. Man. But yeah, good Michael, because good Michael, you know, is an architect and stuff like that. And so. You know, he could build things and, you know, create solutions to problems, essentially. Uh, so, yeah, you are like a combination of three characters. How does the javelin, and I don't mean this question as a stretch, it's, it's you know, genu I'm genuinely curious. Do you see any mesh between the javelin and what you do? Um I forgot what it is you called 
Ergonomous. Oh, cool. Ergonomous. Do you see yeah. any crossover, any balance, anything that each teaches you that helps you with each respective, you know, path that you're on? Um, I mean, on the outset, you would say no, because ergonomics is all about keeping you in safe and neutral postures as much as possible. Whereas Javelin is very much trying to get as much length as possible <laughs> and putting yourself in these really weird positions at length and like putting yourself under tension and trying to increase time under tension. Whereas ergonomics, we're trying to always decrease the amount of time that employees are spending under tension. So at the outset, they're almost opposites. Um, but I think one of the things that Javelin has taught me is, and they kind of go back and forth, is I think I have a pretty well-rounded sense of how the body works. So that helps me when I'm working with employees or even as an example, like I was talking to my manager the other day and she was getting ready to finish uh, the John Muir trail. Like she has done it in sections and she was getting ready to do it, but she was having all of these nerve or these issues in her foot and the doctor wanted to give her a shot. And she's like, I don't know. It kind of comes and goes. They don't seem to know what it is. They want to give me a cortisone shot. And I, I knew enough about it that I was like, well, that honestly sounds like nerve pain and like nerve entrapment since it's like only in your foot. And it's like the way that you're describing it coming and going. And I was like, and if it's right in this exact spot, like that's where that nerve ends. And so it's like the end of a garden hose. Like if I kink it up here, like now water's not going to come out and you're going to get signals kind of in and out back there. So I was like, you probably need to stretch. And I like looked up like where that nerve innervates. And I was like, you probably need to like stretch your like tibialis anterior, like the front of your calf basically, because that's probably all gunked up from all of your walking and stretch that because it's probably tight through there. She went and did the trail and she was like, I did your stretch and uh, like that nerve pain went away. Like it hasn't come back. And not to say that I'm a PT or that I have any medical diagnosis whatsoever, <laughs> but I'm, I only know about that kind of aspect of it because through Javelin, I've had issues in that part of my leg. Like my, my peroneus brevis is like always a little bit tight. So like, I'm aware of how those muscles move around that part of the calf. Um, so I'm able to like cross reference those two things with each other. Um, and it makes it look like I'm a genius, but really it's just because I was trying to solve my own problems. <laughs> I like it. I mean, it, it does the anatomy of it, you know, is incredible. So I like that. A couple more questions. Then we're going to wrap this bad boy up. What is your, so what university are you going to be working for? If you could share that, if you can't, uh, no, no, I can't. So I will actually be working for North Carolina State, um, but okay. I will be living in Colorado Springs. Um, so I'll be working remotely um, for them. They basically have like an ergonomic center where companies come to them to solve their problems so that like you'll have major players um, and I can't say the client list, but you'll was... have major, cli major clients come in and be like, we need to increase the efficiency of this part of the production line because it's a bottleneck. And also workers are getting hurt doing this task. Can you come in and do an analysis? So I'll do that and I'll handle a lot of the Western accounts. Um, Cause right now they've got the East coast pretty settled. They've got a guy in Oklahoma, but then I'll handle more of the Western stuff. We need to start calling you doctor. Like for real. I No, I do not have a PhD and I'm really we, trying to fight the urge to go get one. So. <laughs> we, you don't need one. Like people have honorary PhD. So why What's stopping us from giving you. So yeah. 
Dr. Ariana Ent. So these are the last two questions that I have. What is the ultimate goal for you uh, as your career continues in a javelin as well as an ergonomist? Um, As a javelin thrower, um, I mean, I think everyone wants to say like teams or medals or records or things like that. Um, at the end of the day, I just want to walk away from it and be like, I, that was my, I, that was the maximum potential that I had. Like that's as far as I could have physically thrown that with the abilities and the skills that I have, whether that turns into something that's, you know, shows up in some sort of external achievement. Cool. That's great. I think that based upon what I think that ceiling is, I think that it would, but you never know um, based on how other people are throwing. So really like walking away from it and knowing like I got the most out of that, that I possibly could. Um, I had always said that I wanted to throw through 2025 um, because they had originally said that that world championships was going to be in Africa. Um, And my first ever international trip, my first time leaving the United States, my first international competition was in the Congo So that to me was going to be a really cool bookend to like start and finish in Africa. Um, But they just announced that 2025 world championships are going to be in Tokyo, which is cool. But now part of me is like, so do I keep going or what does that mean? So um, that only happened, I think, two weeks ago. So I haven't figured that part out in terms of what that looks like. Um, But as an ergonomist, eventually what I'd like to get into is um, expert witness testimony um basically where I show up and I'm like well this couldn't possibly have happened because a car actually at this rate traveling at this speed stops at this distance and like even if these external factors of friction were present like there's no way that the client could have hit somebody going that fast and that resulted in this damage you know that sort of stuff uh because I think that's just really fun and like I think that is um I'm a real I I really hate um, dishonesty. And I, (laughs) I really, that really bothers me. Um, so if I can use the things that I know in a setting like that, where some, there might be real retro, like real problems for other people. Um, I want to apply that knowledge and, uh, do that. I also think I would be great in a courtroom setting, but that's maybe (laughs) you would like for sure be the olympic version of johnny cochran or (laughs) the athletic version of claire huxtable uh so i i could definitely see that i mean you are literally i was thinking when i was researching the show i was like i'm gonna be talking to the nicer more talented version of sheldon cooper but (laughs) um I don't even think that's fair. You're like the master, the jack of all trades, the master of almost every single one of them. Um, yeah, yeah, you ain't got to say it. I said it for you. Um, <laughs> so last, last question. What advice, your journey as an, as a javelin thrower to what you do outside of the track as an ergonomist, they were both, would you say, maybe a little unconventional, mm-hmm. um, but you stayed the course and found your path and what you meant to do and what you love. What advice would you give to someone out there who's struggling um, in that same, 
you know, sense, uh, you know, who's trying to find what they love to do and maybe their path is a little unconventional at the moment? Um, I would say unconventional is fun. And I think the thing that I always struggle with is that there are too many people that want to tell you that what you're doing is a sacrifice. There are too many people that want to tell me like, oh, like, I don't know how you do all of that. Like, you're really sacrificing this or you're like, you don't have a family. You don't have um, like, you could be making so much more money. Like you could be doing these other things. Like you could, you know, have all these jobs or whatever. And I'm like, but I don't, don't it's or like you could go out every night and like be at the bars and like go to this concert. And I'm like, no, I want to go to bed at nine 30. Um, Cause I have to do all this stuff the next day. And I, there, it's not a sacrifice if it's what you want to do. Um, and there are sac there, every time you make a choice, there's something that comes away from that, that you don't get to do. Like every action that you choose, there's something else that you now can't do. So I like, whenever I'm done with track, like I can go out to the bars. Like I'm not missing my twenties or my early thirties. This is what I would much rather do this. Um, like I'm going, like I'm going to Italy today um, to throw a javelin. Like, isn't that ridiculous and cool? But if I had all, you know, all year been like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, work, working out's hard and having a job's hard and doing all that stuff. If it's what you want to do, then make that choice and do it. And don't let anyone tell you that you're like making sacrifices because your goals and their goals aren't the same. Um, and if, if you change your mind and your goals are like you don't want to do this anymore that's also fine um but don't ever let anyone tell you like all the sacrifices you're making because then it makes it sound like it's a chore and not a fun thing that you've actively chosen to do right i love that get off my soapbox now (laughs) no no listen i love that listen to the doctor because she just prescribed (laughs) up a word on this sunday i love it there you go so we have come to the end, as boys to men would say, we have come to the end of the road. And we are going to do what I like to call down the home stretch. It is our rapid fire questions. I'm going to ask you some questions. I want you to answer them to the best of your ability as fast as you can. If you don't, it is really okay. We have had an increase of people who have done well. Uh, we just want you to make the podium right now. Okay. Gold medalist is Marley Stalper from NC State. Okay. Uh, the All-American from NC State. Our silver medalist is Sinclair Johnson. Um, and we have a four-way tie for the bronze, including Kara okay. uh, Winger, uh, Nessa Frazier, Eric Sawinski, and the person who... Oh, and Sage Herta. So okay. we're going to get you a medal. Are you ready? Okay. All right. All if right. there was a if there was a food that you had to live with and live without, what would it be? Uh, I would live with steak, and I would live without ice cream. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to ask a couple follow-up questions that do not count against the time. What okay. cut of steak, and how do you like your steak cooked? Uh, probably. Let's see. Ooh, we're gonna do um, probably ribeye, um, and we're gonna do medium rare. Uh, Always medium rare. Ew. Okay. Um, I think you might as well just bite a living cow. 
I mean, I would. It's just frowned upon. I That's just... fair. I, listen, <laughs> what stays in Gonzalez, what happens in Gonzalez, stays in Gonzalez. Okay. So you want a cow that's still moving and to get rid of ice cream. <laughs> Oddly enough, they come from the same family. Uh, I want one part, but not all of it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. If you, if they were going to make a movie about your life, what would it be called? And who is the actress in which you want to play your character? Um, I think uh, the actress who plays Janet should be me, Darcy, Darcy Carden. Um, she could be me, and it would probably be. Um, I'd want it to be called Sticks and Stones. <laughs> why? Why is that? Um, Sticks is an homage to the javelin, okay. uh, and stones. Um, I don't know why Sticks and Stones hopped in my head immediately. Uh, something about working and training and doing all those things. Just really the toughness mechanism. Right okay. Yeah, the, I don't know. The, the stones would be the toughness mechanism. That yeah. Not, it's not a reference to marijuana, I promise. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ain't nobody. No, no, no. Stephen A. Smith says, stay off the wind. So, yeah, we are, we're, we're not even tripping over that. All right. Okay, good. <laughs> if you had to be a guest star on any show, whether it is a reality show, whether it's a talk show, anything, what would the show be? A that guest be, star? Yeah, it can't be the good place. Oh, okay. Um, I've always wanted to be on The Amazing Race. I think I would crush that. But if I'm actually gonna be a guest star on a TV show, um, I think it would be really fun to dress up in the costumes from Bridgerton. Oh, okay. Wow. That would be very silly. One. I would never, I would want, I'd want all the hats. <laughs> <laughs> and just keep them in the closet. I like that. You can go to court with those hats too. That yeah. would be awesome. <laughs> Dream vacation spot. Dream vacation spot. Uh, probably the Maldives. Oh, okay. That would be a good one. What's been your favorite location to throw the javelin so far? Um, I really loved Latvia. Uh, I was in, I threw it two meets in Latvia in 2019. Uh, so Vince Beals is like on the coast and then in Riga. Um, and Riga is everything you want a European city to be without all the haggling and hassle and dirty and all that sort of stuff. So I really love Latvia. Okay. If there was a trend that you had to get rid of and a trend that you would want to bring back, what would they be? Um, I, I hate high-waisted jeans. Because uh, I have really long legs and it makes me look like Gumby. Um, okay. <laughs> I absolutely can't stand them. It's absurd. Um, so I wish those would go away. Um, and I would love to bring back short shorts for men. Like mid-thigh shorts for men. I love, the it. I love it so much. Yeah, not jorts, not jean shorts. Just like, you know, like the 80s basketball players. Maybe oh, where? Like Oh boy! So I we I, have those in track. Yeah, men have better legs than women, and I think it's a shame that they get covered up. So I think okay. we need to flip the tables. There Bring back is, short shorts for men. Okay, there's not a man <laughs> in this country that agrees with you. That's okay. <laughs> that's why I'm but, bringing it back. Okay, that's why you 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 bring Selfishly. it back and and then you 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 enjoy the product. Okay, that's that's, that's yeah, that's that's very selfish of me. I'll admit it. 
Oh man. Alrighty. What <laughs> was the last thing that's not short shorts that made you smile? The last thing that's not short shorts that made me smile. Um, I went mini golfing with two of my roommates last night um, and it was so much fun. Um, and one of them had never gone mini golfing before. And like, she's a multi-athlete, like she's a heptathlete, but she like her stance every time she went to hit the ball was the most uncoordinated looking thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Oh, um, and it was so funny and I laughed about it all night. Um, so that was probably, yeah, probably last night. That was, that was really fun. Favorite comedian of all time? Ooh, um, uh, I forget his first name, but it's Carlin. Uh, Jeff Carlin? No, I think it's like Dave Carlin. Dave Carlin? I don't even know if there's a Jeff Only Carlin. Only because he has a very specific joke that I love that I apply whenever I'm driving because it makes me calm down. And it is, think about how dumb the average person is. Take a minute. Now, realize that that means half the people are dumber than that. Okay. And whenever I think about that, when I'm driving, I'm like, oh, it's not their fault. Like, it's not their fault. They're just, think about how bad the average driver is. And half of them are worse than that. And that's just what's happening right now. And it's that's okay. True. That's true. That is true. Okay. If there was somebody to narrate your a javelin competition that you just want to narrate it in general who would you roll with we only have a couple more i would really appreciate it if uh morgan freeman and julie andrews would tag team and uh do oh boy <laughs> julie i low-key <laughs> met julie andrews uh, what before. yeah that's uh, cool yeah at disney her she and Anne hathaway read to a bunch of us little kids uh, back in the day, so That's shout cool. out to Julie. I, I don't, there you don't you remember go. me, but or you're not even listening to this, <laughs> so just want to say hi. Okay, if you had to play a role in a movie, what movie would you play? In? Um, I mean, I would, I would. My gut reaction would be to be in like a Marvel movie. Um, I but I think the they're they're trying so hard to keep those things a secret that I'd just be wearing like a weird bodysuit in an abandoned warehouse somewhere and I wouldn't like be told what I was actually doing because they're keeping that stuff so under wraps. That's true. <laughs> but, like the actors aren't even acting with each other anymore. Um, so I don't know if that would actually be fun, but it would be cool to actually do some of those stunts. Okay. A song that describes your life. <sighs> Ooh. Can't believe that I'm blanking on this. A song that describes my life? Yeah. Or if there was a theme song that described. Maybe moving on up from the Jeffersons. And moving on up. Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> to the east side. We finally got a piece of. Oh, man. I don't. I can't. You know, you could be like Florence, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I will take that one. That is definitely what I will take. <laughs> oh, man. Last question. You see, now I got to go watch the Jeffersons. I think I it's on TV. No, I have to go watch the Jeffersons. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's, my that's a good show. That's my show. Wheezy, George, God bless the dead. <laughs> um, why does kindness matter to you? Why does kindness matter? Because it's free. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
well, you, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you have uh, completed. Usually, people give me these long, elaborate answers, but you gave me a credit means get it answer. So it's free. Yeah, uh, I just it's free. Listen, I'm down with it. I'm down with it. You have completed down the home stretch. Um, you have you. I'll give you the bronze medal. So now <laughs> I have to go get bronze medals made and you are on the, hey, you're on the medal stand. That's all we can ask. I would, I would also understand if some of those answers you were like, no. <laughs> some of them I really liked. I mean, listen, I got to go watch Wheezy them. On, I know. On, <laughs> bonus question, bonus, bonus, bonus question. Who was the best version of Lionel Jefferson? The one with the fro, yeah, or the or the Jack lighter skin. The the one with the fro is always my first initial reaction. Um, I think he was the best. I'm terrible with actors' names, but yeah, I just... I forgot his name too. But okay, good. I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, there's there's the the more buff one, and then there's the skinnier one with the fro. I think that, that's that's everybody's favorite. That's like saying, what's the best version of Aunt Bev on Fresh Prince? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like I said, bronze medalist, we can add. I am honored to have had bronze medalist Dr. Ariana, <laughs> Janet, Michael, Chidi, Johnny Cochran, Claire Huxtable, Sheldon Cooper, Ants on the show. Uh, Come into a courtroom near you. Where can the people where can the people find you if they want to follow your journey? Um, I irregularly update Instagram as my really only form of social media. So it's just at Ariana Ince. I'm the only one. Uh, so if you are into really long-winded captions that are pretty funny and sometimes with jokes over your head, come on down. That's that's pretty much all I do. That's hey. pretty much it. That's what social media is made for. So yes, I think sure. I do it the opposite. It's, it's irregular posting, way too much content in one post. But I have a good time, and you know what? As long as one person laughs, that's it. That's right there. Listen, I laugh, so that makes two. I'm pretty <laughs> sure somebody listening to this laughter is one of the best forms of medicine. And if you subscribe to this podcast, you'll get that laughter for free. All the information where you can find me, you got to listen to it in the preview for this show. It's all there. And we will catch you next time.